Jubilate, the third Sunday after Easter. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, you show those in error the light of your truth, so that they may return to the way of righteousness. Grant faithfulness to all who are admitted into the fellowship of Christ's Church, that they may avoid whatever is contrary to their confession and follow all such things as are pleasing to you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for Jubilate is from the book of the prophet Isaiah, the 40th chapter. To whom then will you liken me? Or to whom shall I be equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high, and see who has created these things, who brings out their host by number. He calls them all by name, by the greatness of his might, and the strength of his power. Not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, My way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from the first letter of St. Peter, the second chapter. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Therefore submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to governors, as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh, for this is commendable. If because of conscience toward God one endures grief, suffering wrongfully, 
For what credit is it if, when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently? But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 16th chapter. Jesus said, A little while and you will not see me, and again a little while and you will see me, because I go to the Father. Then some of his disciples said among themselves, What is this that he says to us, A little while and you will not see me, and again a little while and you will see me, and because I go to the Father? They said therefore, What is this that he says, A little while? We do not know what he is saying. Now Jesus knew that they desired to ask him, And he said to them, Are you inquiring among yourselves about what I said, A little while and you will not see me, and again a little while and you will see me? Most assuredly I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice, and you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Therefore you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. This is the Gospel of the Lord. We confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets, And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. (laughs) 
Who are you who walk in sorrow down Emmaus' barren road? Hearts distraught and hope defeated, bent beneath grief's crushing load. Nameless mourners, we will join you, we who also mourn our dead. We have stood by graves unyielding, eaten death's bare bitter bread. Who is this who joins our journey, walking with us side by stride? Unknown stranger, can you fathom depths of grief for one who died? Then the wonder when we told you how our dreams to dust have turned. Then you opened wide the scriptures till our hearts within us burned. Who are you? Our hearts are opened in the breaking of the bread. Christ the victim, now the victor, living, risen from the dead. Great companion on our journey, still surprise us with your grace. Make each day a new Emmaus, on our hearts your image trace. Who are we who travel with you on our way through life to death? Women, men, the young, the aging, wakened by the Spirit's breath. At the font you claim and name us, born of water and the Word. At the table still you feed us, host us as our risen Lord. Alleluia, alleluia, is the Easter hymn we sing. Take our life, our joy, our worship, as the gift of love we bring. You have formed us all one people, called from every land and race. Make the church your servant body, sent to share your healing grace.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice, and you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Therefore you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. This is the word of the Lord. Alleluia, Christ is risen. We take small victories when they come, because these small victories are the beams of divine light within an otherwise dark and sorrowful world. Mother Teresa of Calcutta said, If we accept that a mother can kill even her own child, how can we tell other people not to kill one another? Any country that accepts abortion is not teaching its people to love, but to use any violence to get what they want. This is why the greatest destroyer of love and peace is abortion. The culture of death at the hands of selfish individualism and materialism is part of the darkness of this world. Therefore, the recent decision of the Supreme Court to overturn legislation mandating the federal defense and support of infanticide in this nation is one such small victory, one such beam of light, incomprehensible to the darkness and to her children. Yet is the evil of heredism eradicated from this nation or from the world by such a declaration? And what does the declaration have on other evils still prevalent. Infanticide will still take place within this nation. Mothers will mourn the children of their womb, not rejoice. Boorish men will continue to abdicate their husbandly and fatherly duties, will continue to take advantage of women and coerce them to destroy the evidence. Women will continue to feel the pressure from family, from life, from society, from doctors to kill her child. Even in permitting birth, the labor pangs of creation still throb. This is a victory, but it is a small victory. It is but a small light in the darkness but the darkness still abounds. You will still be sorrowful as the laboring mother because your hour has come. You are not of this darkness anymore. Christ has entered into it and removed you from it, a new and greater separation of the light from the darkness. Christ has pulled you up from the mire. Nevertheless, you still dwell within the darkness. It still surrounds you. It still presses in upon you with its deep, oppressive weight. 
You are a pilgrim in a veil of tears, unseen for the darkness that causes them. Within this darkness, you must look to the light, else you be driven to despair. The small victories provide such light, so that you do not doubt your prayer, so that you do not doubt the Lord's works, so that you do not doubt that in this world you do not live at the last, that this world is not your eternal home and that this life is not your best life. Small victories lead to great faith by pointing to the large victory already accomplished in Christ's death, resurrection, and upcoming ascension. While you endure here, such small victories provide you with respite as you grow weak on your pilgrimage and as you lose hope of ever seeing what you set out on this journey to see. Therefore, St. Jerome so encourages you, if then you remain constant in faith in the face of trial, the Lord will give you peace and rest for a time in this world and forever in the next. The small victories in the veil of tears point to the large victory of eternity. Jesus' great resurrection is completed when he ascends to take his seat of power and authority at the right hand of the Father. On this day, the tone of the church year has shifted. We do not look back upon the resurrection any longer. Instead, we now look ahead and see how the resurrection has changed and shaped what is to come. Now Jesus prepares his disciples at that time for his ascension and you at this time for his continued absence. A little while and you will not see me. Yet he gives you one shining light, hope in the guarantee of his return. And again a little while and you will see me. These are the end times, from Christ's ascension until his return. This is the great diaspora of the faithful. This is the captivity within the whoring Babylon of sinful world and godless culture. Only two promises Christ gives you regarding this time. First, that you will suffer for as long as you are here. And second, that when he returns, all your sorrows will be forgotten as the mother forgets her labor pains upon grasping her child. The Christian who lives now in this veil, eagerly awaiting the expected return of Christ, will sorrow and suffer. You are in the world, in the darkness, but no longer of it. You are in a world of madness, but you are no longer mad like the rest. You have seen the light. You have experienced sanity. You cannot now turn back because you know better and because you know what is better. Thus, as you live your life of detachment from the world, the world hates you. 
but God never promised you happiness. Of course, that is, not until his return. Jesus says, in no uncertain terms, most assuredly I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice, and you will be sorrowful. It is not that God does not want you to be happy. He does. But he wants you to be happy by living your best life, by living in pure truth, goodness, and beauty. That is, happiness according to God's terms and God's design. This means, conversely, that God does not want you to be happy in a state of self-satisfaction within the subpar. He desires nothing less for you than perfection. And he wants you to realize how much better perfection truly is for you, not for him. In these end times, the church and her people undergo a persecution unique alone to that pilgrimage they make in this world. The source of the persecution is the church's insistence that there is a God who not only is not man, but who is also over man. The world offers false joys and hopes by holding out the antichrists of sexual pleasure, the cult of the body, the materialistic cults of the new age, and druidic worship of creation in the place of God. Sometimes those who follow these errors may seem to be joyful, while the Christians who submit to God's way according to truth seem sad. But of course, the devil cannot make hell attractive or comfortable, so the way there he makes it as attractive and as comfortable as possible. Therefore, living in their squalor, the pagans of the world do not understand Jesus' words about suffering, nor do they understand your willingness to suffer. Suffering without Christ is painful, just as the pagans understand and experience. However, suffering with Christ and in Christ is an entirely different thing. Suffering with him and in him is redemptive, and it is transformative both for the faithful who suffers and for the world who witnesses the love of Christ in his disciples who endure sorrow with faith and with perseverance. Life without suffering is not true life. And Christianity without tears is no true religion. Within this sorrow, God gives you opportunity for making your joyful shouts in the small victories that offer temporary relief and which point to a greater life and greater happiness at the return of Christ when all your sorrows will be turned to unending joy. In this sense, the small victories leading to the large is one way that God uses misfortune for his good in this life. Every degree of suffering, pain, sorrow, misfortune, loss, and persecution in these end times, this great trial, points you to the victory of Christ and to his promise. 
Therefore you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. God rules the rays of light, the small victories that penetrate the darkness and rekindle your hope. God also rules in the darkness to guard and to protect you. You never suffer alone as those in Christ, and you never suffer without purpose. The small leads to the large, the weak to the great, the sorrow to the joy, the labor to the birth, the pangs to the unending pleasures. Fear not as you suffer. Christ is not gone, though he has gone away. And even while he has not left you, he will return for you. Then nothing else matters but Christ. All else is forgotten, and your joy will be full. Jubilate! Make a joyful shout to God, all the earth. Amen. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in our Lord Jesus Christ and for all people according to their needs. For the people of God who participate in the victory of Christ, for a holy fear and awe at the resurrection of Christ, for all fears of death and hell to be dispelled in the triumphant Lamb of Heaven, and for loud shouts of praise to our God and Father for His good and gracious will, let us pray to the Lord. For Christ's holy bride, the Church, born of water and of blood from His riven side, the new and beautiful Eve from the new and greater Adam, for a unity within the body knit together by the love and working of Christ, for all bishops and pastors, for their faithfulness in proclaiming the death and resurrection of Christ according to apostolic tradition and mandate, and for the confession of all Christians to be steadfast and bold even unto death, let us pray to the Lord. For all Christian households, for the preservation of true love and fidelity within all Christian marriages, and for all mothers, both with child in womb and at breast, both of will and of deed, and both of the living and of the dead. Let us pray to the Lord. For Joseph, our president, Michael, our governor, and all who serve this nation by making and upholding law and good order, for wisdom and integrity to those in power, for kindness and compassion among the peoples, and for concord among all nations, let us pray to the Lord. For an abundance of the beautiful, the good, the admirable, the true, the noble, and the excellent. For true and selfless love toward the neighbor, and for the defense and preservation of all life, let us pray to the Lord. For an end to war, bloodshed, sedition, and rebellion. For the protection of our great defender against all adversities for mercy to those enduring want or hardship, for encouragement to the downtrodden, and for aid to the helpless, let us pray to the Lord. 
for all enemies and persecutors of the faith, for hearts of love and forgiveness that pray as did Christ, Father, forgive them, for the spirit of comfort to dispel all hatred and scorn, that it may not be a poison to the hearts and souls of Christians, for reconciliation among the brethren, for the return of the wayward and erring, and for peaceable lives lived on the way. Let us pray to the Lord. For the touch of the great physician in glorious risen flesh, that he would preserve and heal according to his good pleasure and the humble prayers of his people. For all in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity of body or soul, especially Sherry, Jim, Pam, Ron, Ryan, Shelley, Shirley, and Alice. For peace to those near death, and for all who now slumber in the death, with thanksgiving for new life and for bodily preservation in the new hope of our Lord's resurrection and our own resurrection of the body, let us pray to the Lord. O Christ, our true Passover Lamb, who has taken away the sin of the world by your death, and who by your resurrection has trampled death into the dust of hell's broken doors, permit that on this day we would join in the cries of holy alleluias that transcend all time and space, as your holy church throughout all ages celebrates the life won by you, the firstborn from the dead. As your holy people gather even now around your altar, give us that true bread from heaven, that being fed with your glorious flesh and blood, we may take into ourselves the glory of your resurrection and be transformed into your image to serve, to praise, and to enjoy you forever in the eternal kingdom. Hear our prayers even as you do now live, O slain and risen Lord, with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.